Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Uh, welcome to St James's Church this Palm Sunday. Um, yes, we're nearly there. Uh, we're waiting for Boris's actual announcement uh, tomorrow uh, and then we can start making preparations for what Easter looks like. Uh, and please God, some in-person services, the chance to share uh, Holy Communion together. But in the meantime, for this Sunday, uh, our Bible readings and a reflection on them. Uh, our first reading from the Old Testament is from Psalm 118, and it's verses 19 to the end. Open for me the gate where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God shining upon us. Take the sacrifice and bind it with cords on the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our reading from the New Testament is from Mark's Gospel uh, and it's from chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. And as Palm Sunday, this is the story of Jesus' uh, triumphant entry. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it, and we'll return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus, and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the centre of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David! Hosanna in the highest heaven! So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. After looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with the twelve disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as we come to God's word, uh, let's pray and ask for his help in understanding it. Father, thank you for your great love for us, for the gift of your spirit, the gift of your holy word. We pray that you fill us again with yourself that you lead us into your truth and grant us your understanding today. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
Now, I will begin with an apology, uh, and that apology is that I am not Edna. Uh, Edna Emmanuel was uh, down as our preacher for this week. Uh, she had prepared uh, the vast majority of her sermon and is unwell and couldn't record it. So I am shamelessly preaching from her notes uh, and with the things that she uh, has already done this heavy lifting for. So thank you to Edna for that. Uh, and we do pray for her, her recovery and her rest. So for us, as we look at these readings, it's the triumphant entry. Uh, it's Palm Sunday. Uh, if we were meeting here in person, we would be starting outside the building and we would sing and we would walk inside and we would praise God with hallelujahs and hosannas. Uh, but today we don't. Today, it's just me in here. Um, my voice is a bit echoey. But this is where we are. And God meets us where we are. Now, in Jesus' time, around this time, all the crowds are in Jerusalem because everyone travels to Jerusalem for the Passover to celebrate the feast and to give a sacrifice at the temple. Because remember, the presence of God is only at the temple. You, you can't offer sacrifice elsewhere. God dwells in the, uh, the tabernacle uh, where the, the, the tablets, the Ten Commandments are. And that is in the Holy of Holies. Uh, I don't know why I'm pointing towards our, ta our table. But at the back of the temple where only one priest goes one time a year. Uh, and then you've got the court of the priest, you've got the court of the, um, the men, the court of the women, the court of the Gentiles at the back. But everyone comes and gathers to worship. Now, uh, Edna, in her preparations, was looking at the role of the crowd and actually highlighting that this crowd on Palm Sunday, lining the streets and shouting, Hosanna, and waving palm branches and... Uh, laying down coats and palm branches uh, for Jesus' donkey to walk on. Well, are these the same people who a week later are shouting, crucify him, as Pilate gives the crowd the choice to have Jesus released or to have Barabbas, uh, a known traitor uh, and murderer, released instead? And so what's going on? Are the, are the crowd just fickle? Are they kind of like just going with the flow? What is, what's behind their behaviour? What's behind what they do? And so we have this interesting speculation about what's going on with them, uh, about what they're after. Because you could suggest maybe there's two crowds. Maybe you've got those who have been following Jesus, those who know him, uh, and those who have been hearing his teachings uh, and have seen or heard word of the healings and the miracles that he's done. And a different crowd based around Jerusalem more who, uh, who are against Jesus, who, don't, who are, don't go with this, have kept away on Palm Sunday, no, no interest in this uh, rabbi on a donkey. And they're the ones who shout for Pilate. Is it two groups? or one group that flips in the space of a week to do something completely different. Now, of course, 
the Bible doesn't tell us. It's only speculation. But there's something in that time. You think, okay, Pilate, who we will see on uh, Good Friday, who passes judgment on Jesus, who washes his hands of the matter. As the Roman governor, when he came to Jerusalem, he would have come on a horse. He would have come with soldiers, with a retinue, with chariots, with power. He would have come uh, in such a way that the people of Jerusalem were left in no doubt that this was someone who could decide whether they lived or died. This is someone who would have power over them no matter what. And so as they are crying out for Messiah, for a saviour from God, then Jesus coming is like, yes, yes, this is what we want. But Jesus comes on a donkey. Jesus comes with no power. Jesus comes with no soldier. Jesus comes in our reading today and he goes to the temple. He looks carefully at everything and then he goes back to Bethany. This is not a coming with power. And so if you are one of those longing for the Romans to be gotten rid of, longing to be free as a people, not having to pay taxes to a foreign power, not having soldiers uh, in charge of your life, but actually being able to determine your own future, feeling like you are, you can have that pride in yourselves as a nation, that you're determining your own future, then you might cheer anyone coming to, to lead you forwards, coming to, to bring freedom in that way. And then you might, between Palm Sunday and Good Friday, think, well, what was that about? When is this Jesus going to get serious? When is he going to deliver on the promise of being Messiah? When is he going to give us a battle plan? When is he going to show us his, his weapons? When is he going to show us how he plans to get rid of the Romans? It's been a week He's done nothing. And so come Good Friday, when they're offered Barabbas or Jesus, the excitement's gone. The enthusiasm has gone. The, the passion, the hope has gone. And what's left is disappointment, frustration and bitterness. And out of that comes crucify. So it's... It is hard. We know why the religious priests, the people in the temple, we know why they objected to Jesus. Because he upbraided them, because he showed a different way. He suggested to people that God was not with uh, the temple and the temple authorities in the way that they said he was, in the way that they believed that he was. But for the ordinary people, I think the problem was that Jesus didn't come as they were hoping. Jesus didn't do the things they wanted him to do. Passover was all about freedom. Passover was about no longer being slaves, being, having been in, the, uh, in Egypt, making bricks without straw, with uh, whips on their backs, crying out to God, and their God having such power. 
He could send locusts, gnats, frogs. He could turn the river Nile into blood. Ultimately, he could send the angel of death to kill the firstborn. And then as they were leaving, he could part the Red Sea before them so that they could cross over and they could move into the land that he had promised them. This is what they celebrate every year since they were children, always. Uh, why are we having this meal? Because this is the meal that our ancestors ate when our God delivered them from Egypt. The people of God, the people of Israel, are brought up on a diet of history and hope. This is what your God has done for you. This is why we know we are loved by God, why we know we are special. Because he chose us. Because he freed us from captivity in Egypt. And so we follow him. So we follow the laws he graciously gave us. And you can understand by Jesus' day people saying, but then why are the Romans still here? Why are we still suffering? Why are we still second-class citizens in God's promised land? This is not the promise. This is not what we're told to expect. And we have a temple. We're offering sacrifices. We are worshipping God. Where is he? What's the problem? Now, we can look with hindsight. And we can see how Jesus' uh, exodus as it's described in uh, the Transfiguration, how Jesus' Jesus' death brings freedom. There, there is salvation, there is redemption from our sin and our greed and our selfishness and our wickedness. It is paid for and we can stand before God, free and without guilt or shame or fear. We can look at what Jesus said, he brought freedom. But it wasn't the freedom that people wanted. And that's the difficulty. That, for me, is the disappointment that possibly explains people going from shouting Hosanna to shouting Crucify. And so as we read these words on this Palm Sunday, I think there are questions for us to ask ourselves of what we are expecting of our God. What do we think God should be doing? What are we disappointed about? There is something about the Christian life in that often we talk about forgiveness and peace and joy and knowing God's love in our hearts and uh, being part of a community of loving, giving people, which is such a blessing. And we, we, we put all this out and we say, look, this, this is why it's worth being Christian. This is why. This, this is this, the, the, the upside, the bonus, the, the fantasticness of what God has given to us. And there are times when it feels like being a Christian is a to-do list. It's God saying, get up, pray. Serve others. Give thanks. So I don't feel like giving thanks. You give thanks anyway. The Bible says rejoice always. And especially through lockdown, homeschooling and the rest, 
I've not felt like rejoicing. It is a discipline to rejoice when things are tough. It's a discipline to give thanks when things are tough. But if we don't, there is a danger that we will miss the things that God is doing. Just like the crowd who cheered Jesus into Jerusalem and then jeered as he carried his cross out. This Good Friday, uh, we cannot gather uh, to reflect on uh, Jesus' death. We cannot uh, meet for our three hours uh, like we normally would. And so, as we've said in the note sheet in other places, I'm going to have uh, planks of wood and nails outside. Uh, I am going to uh, nail up a cross and I'm going to carry it around Alperton and I'm going to pray for this place that we are in, the place that God has put us and I'm going to reflect on Jesus and what he carried for me on that day. Now I'll be honest with you, um, doing things that are public and demonstrative and different that stand out um, actually isn't my natural happy place. Uh, I know I, I seem like a, a bit of a shelf at the front of church. That's I'm comfortable uh, with you guys. But up and down at Alperton High Street is slightly different. But we do it anyway because it's a discipline. It's about putting ourselves into that place of trying to carry some of the weight that Jesus carried on the cross. Uh, we will have a range of sizes of crosses uh, and if you want to do the uh, the four mile walk around the parish bounds, you're welcome. If you want to walk around the block of the church and leave your cross at the front, uh, the other side of that wall, both are equally valuable to come and do what you can do. But it's important that as a church and as individuals, we don't focus on what we expect from God. We don't focus on what we want from God. But that we walk with God and allow him to teach us what he's doing. To teach us what his kingdom is like. To teach us what is going on around us that is of his doing. And it's tough. It means literally take up your cross every day and follow Jesus that's our command God is so gracious and he gives us the choice and so this coming week I invite you to reflect on your expectations of God your disappointments with God and your own willingness to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Let's pray together. Let's ask for his help. Almighty God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you are always with us. And we confess that, like the crowd on Palm Sunday, we can be excited one week 
and disappointed and dismissive the next. We pray that you fill us again with your Holy Spirit, that you strengthen us each day to do the little things, to give you thanks for where we see you in our lives, to rejoice in the things that we see of you, and to keep praying. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So that in every day, in the day to day, we would see your hand and know you with us. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Thanks for listening. Uh, stay safe. Uh, and we'll be in touch about what we're able to do next week for our Easter services. God bless. Bye-bye.